this is Danny. I am half of the pants are too tight, and um, I'm speaking in kind of a hushed tone right now because uh, Molly left to go to the bathroom, and I decided that we would start today's podcast without her. Um, you know, she she was talking about what we're going to discuss today, and she was just yawning a lot. And I think I think it might just be a nice time for you and me to catch up. Uh, me, the Danny, and you, the podcast listener, uh, whoever you may be. Uh, whatever whatever place you come from, whatever background you're from. Um, this is probably also a great time for me to tell you that she keeps me here. She keeps me locked away. I don't get to leave the room where we record these. I just have to sit here. Oh, God, she's coming. Uh, no, Molly. Uh, I'm not talking to anyone, Molly. You're recording the beginning of the podcast. No, Molly. I would never. Of all I, the times. I would never. How many times you leave to pee, I don't start recording without you. Yeah, usually because I leave in the middle of a recording. Okay, and I don't keep going And then I you. tell you I'll edit out the part where I tell you I have to pee, and, and then, then I forget. Don't. Look, it's in the middle of the podcast. I'm not going to listen to one of these. Oh, but the first one, one you're like, let me listen to every microsecond of the podcast to delete every little ounce of space or breath. You were pausing could. too much and you know it. And then by the end, you stopped caring. I you stopped realized caring. I was going to keep pausing. I let pausing. it run through because you know what? The, you, you can't teach an old dog new tricks and you can't teach a Molly proper podcast etiquette. How dare you? See that nice pause I took there? That was a How comedic pause. Dare that was a beat. You. That's not a pause, that's a beat. Uh. All right. Let's not fight in front of the kids. <laughs> All right, let's get our let's get our breaths out. Let's get our let's get our let's get our uh, uh blood pumping. Let us get as they say loose. Uh prepared to speak in an informal manner and proceed with the podcast which of course is is like a broadcast but on an iPod which is why they're called podcasts now of course most people won't be listening to this on an iPod they'll be listening to it on some sort of a cellular telephone um perhaps a car stereo which has a a, a device plugged in through the auxiliary connection molly has fallen asleep wow, this is my yeah. chance to escape all right molly you know what you know what don't patronize me but do subscribe to my patreon where I draw uh, many historical photographs over again, but with Sonic the Hedgehog. That's at History Sonic on Patreon. That's not a real thing, but I should consider that. People would pay for that. Would that people would pay you for wouldn't pay for it? I wouldn't. But there's a lot of people out there who would pay for historical photographs with Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm not gonna lie. I'm judging you all just a little bit. Jackie Kennedy climbing on the back of the car. Her husband just murdered in front of her, but it's Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> in a pink sweater. I don't know why I couldn't think of a better historical photograph. I should have done like the Berlin Wall coming down. Something more pleasant than the death of an American president, which many consider to be the end of American innocence, Molly. I mean, never mind the many hate crimes that were constantly I was occurring say, across like, the country. I don't really the, think that was the most perfect thing. The that constant it slavery. To that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's the death of American innocence. Um, I think the death of American innocence was the fucking Boston Massacre. I think that America was not innocent at the time, seeing as they all nah, had slaves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure America was never innocent. I'm pretty sure when the fucking Roanoke colony disappeared, that was the end of innocence in I think America. the end of American innocence was in 1492. That's right. Yeah. I'm real political, baby. Ooh, Christopher Columbus committed genocide and was a bad man. That's a hot take. I thought we weren't getting political. That's. I mean, is it really political? He's been dead for... A good few centuries now. He can't sue us, right? 
I, I don't know what his powers are. Molly, I've just gotten an email from the Christopher Columbus estate. Oh, we're in some deep trouble. We gotta get we gotta catch the podcast. As you can tell, we did not get enough of a response for hashtag stop the voice. That's and, right. We uh, didn't get enough ratings and reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as they say. Nor did we get enough positive feedback. Um, although, thank you to all the people who did write in. Whoa, whoa! I don't think we got said, we didn't get enough positive feedback. I, I think we got some nice positive feedback for. Yeah, people. but I think we need an overwhelming tide of it in order to hashtag stop the voice. Well, I think we just didn't get a lot of tweets that involved hashtags. We got at least one, but it was about our. Our, our figment themed horror movie yes. just a figment hashtag, hashtag just, just a figment. figment hashtag stop the voice hashtag just a figment i feel like we started um, one other i hashtag. didn't get any suggestions on how to murder danny so please That's, continue maybe, to send those in maybe don't write in on that one maybe write in on the other two um anyway welcome to episode six of the pants are too tight the best name for a podcast ever i'm danny i'm molly I think we did our names backwards this time, but who gives a flying rat's ass? That's like a flying fuck, but with a rat's ass. The two things that people don't seem to give enough. And in this, the season of Christ, you should be giving from the bottom of your hearts. We're recording this in May. The point is, the pants, they're too tight. It's a they're show, Molly, here's what the show's about. What's it about? I'm telling you because you're not familiar I with our no podcast. I have no idea what the show's about. Well, obviously we don't. Have you heard what our episodes are about? Garbage nonsense. No. It's a show, Molly, about the little things, mm-hmm. but not in a positive way, not in a hallmark way. It's no. about the small, tiny, the insignificant. It is about the bits of, 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 of sand and grit that get caught in the mouth of a clam and then form you under intense- really Will, going you, with the sand and the grit. Because it's coarse and rough and it gets everywhere. I, I don't like sand. Not like here. Here everything is smooth. I'm haunted by the kiss say, you never should have given me, Pat. Anakin, I need you to I need you to chill. Molly, you were supposed to be the chosen one. It was said that you would bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness, that you would destroy the Sith, not join them. You were my brother, Anakin. That's a weird line read I gave that. You, I'm sorry. You didn't love me? You, what? You cut that part out? Oh no, that's that's too much, Molly. I don't know if I love I'm, you. I'm insulted, but You okay. were my brother. I didn't I was you know, look, we don't choose the families we're born into, like you and me, because we are siblings, we which are is siblings. the other part of that. You didn't let me finish, Molly. Well, you were going on about clams. Because it was going to go somewhere. I don't just it's start so talking with nowhere. With you. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's fair. A lot of the times I start and I don't really have an exit strategy. I just, the plane takes off. I don't know where it's landing, but I hope I find a nice little patch of dirt somewhere. I guess landing a plan on a patch of dirt wouldn't be good. The point is this podcast is about the little things, but not in a positive uh, uh, Christmas card way. It is about the little things like the many tiny grains of sand which get caught in the mouth of a clam and under intense Horrifying pressure over millennia, the sand festers and boils. And over time, we produce for you a little pearl of wisdom, a tiny little podcast. This is why I stopped you. Formed from the generations of of, of biting away and gnawing, we produce for them, Molly, a pearl. I have literally never been so disgusted in my life. It's like, Molly, this podcast is the dirty, sooty coal that you and I. saying words with this face. Painfully so mine from within the earth, and we we sit around oh, with the coal, and it, it burns it's a inside show us. About the little things that piss us off. The coal becomes a diamond, Molly. And today's thing that pisses us off 
that gets under Danny's skin. Does, it's not about pissing us off. Don't be so negative. Sometimes I, well, they can be positive. Can they? I mean, they haven't been so far. But, but they will. They will be. Someday These I'll are... do a whole episode about kids WB promos, and I will have nothing but nice things to say about the kids WB promos. You've been telling me many not nice things so far. Okay, look, yes, I think it's wrong that the kids WB promos mix together Batman the Animated Series Batman with Superman the Animated Series Superman because Superman the Animated Series Superman should really only uh, interfere with new Batman Adventures Batman because that's the Batman who appears on Superman the Animated Series. I mean, they're the same characters. It's the same interconnected universe. Mm -hmm. But Molly, they really shouldn't intermingle the two, nor should the promos feature Batman Beyond's Terry yeah, McGinnis I, alongside I the original Batman. I believe we said another episode was going to be about the kids' WB promos. Spoiler alert, every episode is about kids' WB promos, whether you agree to it or not, because I edit the podcast. Future Danny, fade out Molly's voice. Molly, would you uh, tell me a little bit about, about something that you enjoy now? Fuck you. Molly, that's not long <laughs> enough for me to fade out on. Oh, you're spiting me with dead air on our podcast, you silent minx. <laughs> At any rate, I don't think it's right to call someone a minx. It feels, it feels old-timey and wrong. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> That's still not long enough to fade out on, damn it. Okay. Um anyway, today's episode. Today's episode is a is a fun I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Molly a story. A story that lives in my heart and makes me upset. If you're looking at the podcast, you've no doubt seen the title of the podcast, but I haven't necessarily discussed with Molly what we're gonna talk about today. I'm just going to tell her a quick little story and and we will discuss the many ways in which it burns inside the hearts of not just me. But many other people, lots it's of It's going to be really embarrassing for you if I actually have heard about this and we'll know everything about it. We'll stop and start over. I'm not <laughs> afraid to throw out this 15 minutes of preamble. Anyway, Molly, today we're going to be talking about uh, what used to be one of the most beloved Disney attractions in the world, Molly. Mm -hmm. An attraction which is heavily merchandised to this day despite not really existing the way it used to. Molly, today we're going to talk about the beloved attraction. You've heard of it. You're a big fan. You have a film pitch based on it. We're going to talk about Journey into Imagination, Molly, uh, uh, starring Figment Molly. You remember Journey into Imagination? I do remember Journey into Imagination. I have feel you, as though I know a, a lot of You about feel like you know you love Molly. You don't know nearly enough. We've have got, you written the current version of Journey into Imagination? No, I never wrote Journey into so Imagination never been on because it. you told me it was a waste of time. I didn't tell you it was a waste of time. I screamed at you that it was a waste of time, Molly. All I know is we have a movie based on it. We have a movie based on it, but our movie is based on uh, 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 the many horrifying accidents that happen in Epcot, a lot of which seem to be around the Imagination right, Pavilion. Right. Um, some of which we won't mention here because they are horrible real things. That no, we'll mention it, but we'll mention it when we'll tell you the story of our movie. Look, yeah, when when we're exploiting the tragedies for our screenplay, we'll yeah. tell you. But until then, we got to keep it under wraps. So, what are you telling? <clears throat> You're telling me about the history of the journey. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you the quick version of the history of Journey into Imagination, okay. Molly. Journey into Imagination, Molly, uh, is a is a is a is it was a beautiful thing, but now, Molly, it is a cursed. Uh, a beast that wanders the land, uh, uh, begging various people to put it out of its misery. And do they, Molly? No. They would love to. They would love to pick up the metaphorical rock and bash in the head of Journey into Imagination. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Molly, let's go back in time. Okay. You want to do the Wayne's World thing where they do doobly-doo together? Do you want to try to do that? 
No. Because you accidentally bought Wayne's World 2 when you I thought you bought... I accidentally bought Wayne's Molly World Molly once two. was like... More than once. Several times Molly has bought DVD copies of Wayne's World 2 thinking she's buying Wayne's World 1. And you might ask yourself, shouldn't she look at the DVD and see that it says Wayne's World 2? Let me be clear. It was a compilation DVD with more than one movie. And the the part of the movie is quite small. And I... I read that it said Wayne's World, and the two is not very largely printed. And so I bought that one, but then we also happened to have a VHS tape of not Wayne's World, but also Wayne's World 2, but I had no part in that one. That wasn't your decision. No, but I just think it might be some kind of family curse where we can only buy Wayne's World 2 and not- I've seen Wayne's World. I've seen Wayne's World. I've never seen Wayne's World 2. I've never seen Wayne's World 2 either. Why do we keep buying it? Maybe because we need to see it. Maybe that's the problem. Right. They can't be right. We can't need to see Wayne's World. I don't too. know. Is is um is um is Tia Carrera still in it? Was she in? She's in the first one. I don't know. Was I haven't seen one? it. How would I know? Well, you've seen the first one, but I haven't seen the second one. How would I know who was in it? You're right. That was my question. You're, you've caught me in a little web of my own nonsense. I I guess I guess I should just Google it instead of asking you. But I I just want to know if she's in it because I'm a big I'm a big fan of her song. Um. That plays over the the credits to Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That song is amazing. Oh my god, you saying that just brought me back to when we watched the first Wayne's World. I I actually really remember that. And I told you about how this woman's a great singer and she's the voice of Nani in Lilo and Stitch. And she's just a talented woman overall. Oh, Stitch, you Journey into imagination, Danny? What about it? You were telling me some history. We were traveling back in time, Molly. Oh, okay, okay. We'll travel back in time, but we're not doing any- We're not going to do the noise? We're not going to do the noise. Can I put in the sound of a DeLorean revving across a JCPenney parking lot and and presumably disintegrating a dog? Only if you're running away from the Libyans. Molly, we can't call them the Libyans. They are some Libyans. They do not represent the overall group. According to Doc Brown, this is a very specific group of Libyans. He only knows one group of Libyans, and they are a fictional group of Libyans who wanted a bomb, and he gave them a briefcase full of pinball parts, and that got rid of them. He is specifically with a group of Libyan uh, nationalists, I believe they're referred to in the film. I don't know. I feel like the people who made the movie were not super aware of any situation going on in Libya and were just like, that'll do. Like, yeah, that's a country. It's the 80s. We don't have to worry about if this is real or not. I just love the fervor with which he screams the Libyans. The Libyans! It's interesting because if you are a Libyan person watching Back to the Future... Are you like, what the hell? No, like, we're ju- we're all the Lib- – like, do you – are you upset by this or are you just like, you know, like, I'm from New Jersey, Molly. Mm-hmm. And it's not something I'm proud of, but I have to admit it to people for legal reasons. When I watch a movie and they're like, New Jersey sucks, I which happens a lot, I'm not like, hey, screw you, I'm from New Jersey. Do you think because they are identifying the people as Libyan and not speaking about the place Libya, do you think that is worse? Or do you think it would be worse if Doc Brown was like, I hate the country Libya? Like, do you think he'd be more – like, they'd be more upset? I have a lot of thoughts about what you just said. <laughs> One, pretty, I think that most people from New Jersey are very like, if you say New Jersey sucks, they're like, hey, fuck you. New Jersey's amazing. So I don't think, like, I feel like you're the outlier there. Yeah. Um, And, like, I, I don't know. I'm not Libyan. I, I don't feel like he's saying it in a hateful way. Are you Libby Falfax from Jimmy Neutron? I am. No, I'm not. Um. 
it, just for clarification, I don't want anyone thinking I, I was Libby. Could you imagine if you were Libby from Jimmy Neutron and you'd been hiding out all this time and you let it slip on one <laughs> podcast and you're like, damn it, they found me. Uh, Did you prefer Libby with the haircut from the Jimmy Neutron movie? Yes. Oh, because I, I, I hated the episodes of the show before she met Cleopatra and got the Egyptian hairdo. I like the Egyptian hairdo. I enjoyed that, but I loved the hair before that because I felt like it just represented the time. I That's so interesting because I feel like that is a more modern haircut. But like as a kid, if it was like one of like the first like two or three episodes before she gets that, or really, it could have been a whole season before she got that. I have no clue as an adult. I've never gone back and, and combed. I feel like it was later that she got that hair, but like. It must have been early on because she has it in a lot. But of also, episodes. what I've come to realize over the last like year, really, um, is that I have no concept of like television seasons as a child. Like, yeah. you know, what I thought was maybe like six years of Jimmy Neutron could be all of season one. For all yeah. I know, like it's really hard to to gauge. Well, to be that. fair, TV networks used to make it really, really hard to to like keep track of things, and sometimes it was intentional. Um, they would like dip, they there were a lot of tv shows especially for kids that like they did not want any big changes to the status quo they did not want things to change too much because they were shooting for syndication they were shooting for these 52 episodes of this cartoon are going to air every weekday for the next 10 years and this actually happened a little bit with adult programming too um when I say adult programming, I don't mean like the Playboy channel. Obviously, there's not much of a plot line going on there. But I'm talking about like – There's a very clear plot line going on there. I man. mean, I think that usually the status quo resets itself. It's like The Simpsons. Just any episode can happen at any time. But the point is uh, that like the Star Trek shows, there was a producer named Rick Berman who came in on all the Star Trek shows. And he like would not let them make big changes on some of the Star Trek shows in the 90s mm-hmm. because he did – like he just was like, these are going to be in syndication. I don't want any big changes, which is like given the premise of some of the Star Trek shows is impossible. Like one of them is called Voyager and Voyager is a show where in the first episode this spaceship gets beamed to the other side of the galaxy and it's going to take them 75 years to get home because space is so big. Um, And that's the premise of the show. So you would assume that like over the course of the show like oh the spaceship starts falling apart or some of the crew starts dying or they're running out of supplies or whatever. You assume it's like a survival story but because this one producer Rick Berman did not want any big changes Every episode just kind of ends with, and the spaceship is fine, and we fixed all the holes in the spaceship, and yeah, some people died, but nobody important. Let's keep going. Like, it's it, like nothing changes, even though, given the premise of the show, you'd be like, they should all be starving to death or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's the future. We can replicate food, and nothing really matters. And I'm sorry, how did this relate to Jimmy Neutron? Well, just because I assume Jimmy Neutron... Even though it has a slight running plot line, like by the end the villains are teaming up or whatever, like that's the level of plot line you uh, get out of Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, right? I think with kids shows, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the way it felt to me, that the episodes were just kind of like spaced out, especially like animated ones. Like yeah. I don't feel like there was a time where like it wasn't on TV. Like sure. we didn't get like season breaks where we weren't watching. We might not be getting new yeah. ones per se, but like it was always on. When we were kids, the way a TV show worked was this. This week, for five days in a row, there will be five new episodes of SpongeBob. And then you are going to go back to watching the same 40 <laughs> episodes of SpongeBob there have always been. And the five new episodes will come up every couple weeks. That is how TV distribution worked in our childhood was – one week you get five new ones and then you are back to reruns for a year. But you just watched the reruns. It's very odd. Like 
thinking about it now as an older person, I don't think I would sit around and watch the same 30 episodes of, of Fairly Odd Parents over and but over again. Maybe we would. Think about all the rewatching that we do. Like other people do that. Yes. I can't rewatch stuff too much. It, you're re it, you have seen like Batman the animated series. Okay. How many times? The difference being that's like my one thing. I like I can't wa- and also, to be clear, I do not rewatch all of Batman the Animated Series ever <laughs> because I've got Batman in my basement. Hot garbage. The Underdwellers, surprisingly emotional but not fun to revisit. Uh, you've got episodes like The Forgotten, which, no offense, blows chunks, feels a little fat shamey in retrospect. The bad guy is a large man who is eating in every scene and he like – kidnaps bruce wayne and makes him a slave and he's just like listen here i'm a giant southern man i look like i look like big daddy lebeau from the princess and the frog but i'm evil son and you're gonna work in the box and then he throws him in a metal box and batman's like i have amnesia and i'm stuck in this box oh it's so hot in this metal box in the sun and then alfred's like i'm coming in the bat plane sir but i don't know how to fly it whoa that's a whole episode no joker no penguin no riddler there batgirl is only in like four episodes of batman the animated series but we had time for i'm gonna make bruce wayne work out in the hot sun while i eat a giant turkey leg because it's a cartoon and there's only four kinds of cartoon food and one of them is a big turkey leg it's not comfortable to eat a big turkey leg in the sun have you ever seen someone at disneyland it's nonsense molly nonsense it is nonsense the forgotten is the worst episode of batman i said it i will say this though on this topic (laughs) i'm just gonna blow past (laughs) whatever little (laughs) breakdown that was. getting back on the getting back on the turnpike after a little detour in Um, in batman yeah i don't know what that was um Tune in next week where Daniel recaps every episode of Batman with excessive voices. <laughs> but I will say this. I do feel like rewatching. I I rewatch a lot of shows. I'll put the same show on a lot. Um, but I think that we watch those reruns over and over again as kids. And I think that's why a lot of we have so much nostalgia for that kind of stuff, though, because we remember those so clearly. Like, I don't really remember half the stuff that I watch now, but like I can so clearly tell you about, you know, the pizza episode of spongebob like we could probably recite that from beginning to end we won't i'm looking at you um but like i feel like that probably contributed to like the memory and the fondness that we have the The fact that we we all know those episodes because we watch them yeah nonstop. that was a nice long pause for you danny um so anyway figment journey into imagination never heard of it Okay, so you're gonna tell me about let's this. travel back in time. Okay, we're traveling back in time. <laughs> we're not talking about kids' shows. No, 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 no. no more we're cartoons. We're back in time. We're back. Oh, you, now you do the noise when well, we're Well, Otto would make you happy and make you start telling me what this is that you're obsessed with. Molly, we both know nothing will ever make me happy. Well, I got dark. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, um, oh, singing again. All right, well, yeah, but I was just kind of doing the melody. I wasn't, like, saying words. Why don't, why don't you <clears> – <throat> we went back in time now to when? Yes, we're going back in time to, let's say, uh, late 1981, probably mid-1982. Epcot, as you know, Molly, the, the new millennium, the year 2000, begins in October of 1982 because Epcot, Epcot Center – the newest world of Disney. Just kidding. It's not. But, but no, at the but time – it, it was, you know, it, Epcot was the future, Molly. And the yeah. new millennium began October 1982. So, 
This is a pre-Animal Kingdom world, for anyone who's wondering. A better time. I'm kidding. Animal Whoa. Kingdom is great. Whoa. Right? No, he's coming for Animal Kingdom It's a like joke. That. Joe Rody can take it. He's a good man. No. Oh, listen. Real quick. <laughs> one last detour before we get into the story. Joe Rody, one of Disney's great Imagineers, who I will mention briefly if later. If you don't know who that is, he's the man with all the earrings. Yeah. In any Disney behind-the-scenes video, there's a guy who cares a lot about everything and has a hundred earrings, and he's the best man that's ever lived. His name is Joe Rody, and um, he's not Iron Man's best pal, Rody. He is a delightful Imagineer who is just so good at his job and so passionate, and I love him to death, and he, like, he relishes everything, and he has the best Instagram in the world where he's, like, slowly writing a book on Instagram. I don't know why he's putting so much work into this, but it's great. Go follow Joe Rody on Instagram. It's amazing. But anyway, uh, uh, Molly, we're we're back in time. It's 1982. Right. Epcot is about to open. And uh, things are not going particularly well. They may be getting ready for you, Molly, they're but they're not ready. They're getting ready for you, but they're not ready. They're no, not. They're not. No, despite the song, we're getting Epcot ready is probably one of the biggest you. failures, I'd say, in Disney history. Like People like to talk about the failure that was Disneyland Paris when it opened, but I really think... Epcot is probably one of their greatest failures. But Epcot, much like Euro Disneyland at the time, I think it was so aesthetically perfect. I yeah. think that it's beautiful. I there. love – don't get me wrong. <clears throat> I love Epcot. I'm yeah. not I'm not saying I don't. Yeah. But for what they planned and told the world it was going to be versus what it came out to be, yeah. biggest failure. But Animal – no, Animal Kingdom is commits that, so, that sin of promising too much way more – Way more to me than I. Epcot I don't did. think it's way more. Animal Kingdom had a third of the park basically just kachunked out. Oh, oh, and the Epcot didn't have how many countries that they promised were coming soon and never did. Yeah, that's that's to be fair. That is the worst part. Epcot of Epcot was supposed to be a live-in city. It's an experimental <laughs> prototype community of tomorrow, and we didn't get that at all. You're right. No, I, you win. The, yeah, I win. win. I, I win 100%. For a minute there, I forgot it was supposed to be a functioning communist city where we were all going to get special technology and work for Disney, but and take the monorail to work. I forgot. Okay. People that don't know are going to think that's a bit. It's not. Like It no, was going was to plan. be a real city that you could live in. On Walt Disney World property run by Disney, and I wish that it happened. Walt Disney is so weird because he was, like, pretty pretty anti-union and pretty anti, like, fair labor and all that. And yet he wanted to own a city where where everyone would kind of, like, live together and work for the betterment of the community. Like, it feels a little, it feels a little communist, except that it was going to be propped up by, like, major companies, I guess, is where the capitalism of it all comes in. Yeah, but then Walt Disney died, and then the major companies were like, listen, we trusted Walt to do this, but the rest of you, we're not really comfortable with you guys running a city. This is not going to work. And then everybody yeah. pulled out. Something that I think is truly deeply hilarious is that Walt Disney, a man who was always on camera, always sticking his face everywhere. We forget he's not an actor. He wasn't even really an animator. He was just like a guy who ran a company. He was always on camera, always like, hello and welcome to the Sunday movie or whatever. 
Every 10 minutes, Walt Disney was on TV somewhere. I think it is almost ironic that the video of him we all see the most is the like private pitch to investors for Epcot yeah. that he did like a couple weeks before he died or whatever. Like the footage of him in front of the big map with the stick going, now here's how Epcot's going to work and why you should invest in the future of Walt Disney World. This is our Florida but project. But it would have been like, so cool. Yeah, I think that Walt Disney, a private businessman owning a city where people would live, would turn out super great. Oh, oh, you don't think that's basically what exists all around the country? No, this it does. just would have given us cool, futuristic modes of transportation, and I would have, I would get to live where I work, and it would just be so Molly, simple. There is an episode of Batman the Animated Series all about an insane Walt Disney type who creates his own city, and I don't mean to spoil things, but it doesn't go well for him. His name is his name is Grant Walker. You're telling me you don't want to ride the People Mover to work every day? Damn it, you got me. I do want to ride the People Mover to work. I want to ride the People Mover from my bedroom to the bathroom in the morning. I want to ride the People <laughs> Mover. I just want to be on the People Mover right now. I love it so much. It's the best ride at any Disney park. It's just the People Mover. And you're like, what are you talking about? It's just a little cart. That It's so good. You get on the cart and you... All around, like the Jetsons, and you just and you just—it's so you smooth. Do. Nothing and feels fun. more futuristic to me than the people oh, mover. And when it's like, I the, maybe the monorail. When it's like sundown at 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 Tomorrowland, and you are zipping around, and the wind is going through your hair, and it's just cool enough that there's a little Florida breeze. You've had this muggy, horrible, hot, sweaty day, and you're on the people mover, and you're just kind of leaning up against that little plastic wall, and you're going through tunnels, and a voice is telling you about a ride that's not even there anymore because <laughs> Tomorrowland is so run down. And you're passing through Space Mountain and hearing people scream. It's the most wonderful feeling in the world. Disney Magic is riding the People Mover. <laughs> Fuck every other ride. I would literally rather go on the People Mover than mm, maybe than Buzz Lightyear. And I love the Buzz Lightyear ride. I think I would wow. take the People Mover over that. Because you get to look down at the Buzz Lightyear you ride and be like, look. look at you fools with your little guns. We are above weaponry here on the People Mover. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, and the authority looks down on your plebeians and your weapons. Why did a... you become Captain Hook? Why is oh, Captain Hook in charge of I, the people mover? The people mover. This one people mover card is the Jolly Roger. I would that would be so sad. Captain Hook goes mad and his old <laughs> like his olden age, and it's just like trying to take over the people. Mover. Not as sad as you and your old folk home pretending you're Captain Hook taking over the people. Mover. Yeah, when I'm doing bits in the nursing home, it's <laughs> going to be a lot less charming. It's not even charming now. It's going to be concerning if I'm 90 and I'm trying to bust out a, a Captain Hook voice. They're, they're going to be like, "Ooh, you're going to get Ugh. a nice Advan shot." Oh, <laughs> now I'm sad. Speaking of things that are old, the 80s. Yeah, so let's go, go to Journey. Epcot, it's being opened. Everybody's like, oh boy, this is great. There's nothing wrong or weird going on here, except the World Showcase didn't open with half the countries it was supposed to, and there's all sorts of crazy weird stuff that was promised for Epcot that never came true. And they were working on this one pavilion, the Journey into Imagination Pavilion, or well, it's just called the Imagination Pavilion, the ride for it. Is journey into imagination, and so the idea was that you would you would go there. There'd be this big, beautiful dark ride, and there would be this uh, sort of interactive play area where you could go. And it was all going to be sponsored by Kodak. 
because it was the 80s and everyone needed film. And Kodak was on top of the fucking world. They owned theaters. They owned people. They owned everything. Kodak was unstoppable. They were like Tony Montana and Scarface. They were were just on a big mountain of coke. Kodak couldn't be stopped. You couldn't kill him if you wanted to. You could put two bullets between the eyes of Kodak and they'd keep fucking running at you. Kodak was king, Molly. And they could throw money at Disney rides whenever they wanted to. But there now was some Disney's problems. Now partnered with Nikon. Okay, well, we don't talk about Nikon here, Molly. It's, it's, it's Kodak or nothing. Much like, much like Nerf, it's Kodak or nothing. I'm sorry. So anyway, we're still in the 80s, Molly. We can't acknowledge Nikon's existence. Okay, it's Kodak galore. Kodak galore is my favorite James Bond girl. But that's beside the point. Um, I'll bet you are. That's such a weird moment in James Bond where she's like, my name is Pussy Galore. And he goes, I'll bet you are. Like, what the, what, like, what, who's, who's this for? Who's this for? Who likes this? Who named it? What, what, it's not, it's Uh, weird. I can think of a very specific type of person that that was for, and I don't want to be friends with them. And it's like a 50 year old man, but in the 60s. So now he's like a hundred. I can't do math. Close enough. Anyway, it's the 80s and Kodak oh, is everywhere. Oh, yeah, Kodak is sponsoring this this uh, Imagination Pavilion for Disney and they're having trouble finishing the dark ride that is supposed to be there in time. The dark ride being Journey into Imagination. Right. So, uh, since they're having trouble with that, they actually filmed uh, a short movie that was going to go in the place of the ride, like just a preview of the ride. And mm-hmm. it was uh, the actor who plays Dreamfinder. Dreamfinder being one of the few Epcot characters. We'll talk about that in one second. It's Dreamfinder running around in sped up footage and he's he's going through all the places where they're building the ride and he's looking at the many things they're constructing. And uh, basically they had the interactive play area open before the ride did. So there was still a, a, an early period in Epcot history where they were finishing this ride, Journey into Imagination. But you could go around this interactive play area and the idea was you'd go in front of like a blue screen and you would stand there and then they would superimpose you into a video which featured Molly, Joe Rohde as the Dream Finder. It's a very weird video. You can find it online. Uh, Tony Baxter has shown it. This was like the prototype for this concept where um, you would stand in front of a, a blue screen and you'd mess around with your friends. They'd tell you what to do and then they would splice it into footage of the Dream Finder. And for this demonstration, uh, at I think D23 is where he's showing it. Tony Baxter has footage of uh, Joe Rohde lip syncing to like someone else's dialogue dressed oh. as the Dream Finder. It's adorable, Molly. Anyway, um, so the the ride was not open for the opening day of Epcot, um, but when it was, Molly, it was it was a big hit. Everybody loves this ride, Molly. Journey into Imagination. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of love for this, and I don't know why I've never been on it. Well, well here's the thing, is that the original version was about a, a wacky man named the Dreamfinder, who was like Santa Claus, but he had a red beard, he wore a, a steampunk hat, and he had a big purple suit, like the Joker, uh, the Joker, as you... Um, Americans say. Uh, Much like the Joker, he was in a big purple suit and he valued chaos above all else. And um, I think his suit is actually kind of just like a deep blue. Not important. So he had, he was the dream finder. He was the finder of the dreams, Molly. Our dreams? Well, all dreams. He he just sort of, he dwells in sort of a vague imagination space. Okay. Yeah. So he is the the main character of the ride, Mm -hmm. the dream finder. And he was one of the few walk-around characters at Epcot because the initial idea of Epcot was that there would be no Mickey, no Goofy, no Donald, no princesses. No Disney. The characters you would meet in Epcot were new Epcot characters, which is the one million percent opposite of what Epcot is right now, which is where every ride has to have a Disney character added to it after the fact so that you do not forget you're in a Disney park. 
You may be touring the nations of the world, but if you do not see Anna and Elsa, you're going to start screaming and punching someone because that's... Yeah, they went really for the complete opposite route because it wasn't working. I I think it was working fine. Epcot was not a successful park, Dan. No, but I think that the problems with Epcot are not the lack of the Disney characters. I would argue it was the lack of almost anything to do. Well, that too. But I think the lack of Disney characters was... There's a, there's a video by the YouTube channel Yesterworld that's all about all the things that were planned to go in World Showcase that didn't. And they're telling you about like the original idea for the Japanese pavilion was to have a, a Mount Fuji roller coaster and a bullet train motion simulator and a Godzilla ride and etc, etc, etc. All these things that would have been so freaking cool. They're talking about every pavilion having a roller coaster, the German pavilion having a boat ride. And when you go to Epcot now, there is uh, the the River of Time. Uh, Del Tiempo, whatever the ride was called originally. That is now the Three Caballeros, the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros. So Mexico has a boat ride. Norway has a boat ride that has the Frozen characters in it now. It used to be Maelstrom. Like, what what else is in World Showcase? I can't even think. There's not any other rides. There's some, like, theaters. Like, there's the Canada, O Canada Theater. With thing. Martin Short. And um, there's something in China, I believe. There's like a theater in yeah. there. Um, Reflections. Is uh, that Reflections? I don't remember the names. I don't really like watching the movie projections. There's things. the France one, Impressions de France, which now there's also the Beauty and the Beast sing-along where they retconned LeFou as the hero of Beauty and the Beast. Can't talk about it. going to be its own episode someday. They're putting in yeah. a Ratatouille ride. They're putting in it France. in, but as of right now, there isn't. And so that's really it with World Showcase. <laughs> and then in the other half of the park, you have Test Track. Which is not a Disney character. Soren, which, no, well, they've added, you you end up in Disney World. At, but that was the uh, original ending, was you end up in Disneyland. Oh, well. With the I fireworks. Tinkerbell, like, taps the screen in the original. Yeah, but I feel like they added, like. They always had Patton, uh, Patrick Warburton picking up the Mickey ears going, make sure you put these well, under yeah, your but seat. Isn't like Mickey that. and Minnie at the end of that now? I, I, maybe they're waving to the camera or something. I, I could be completely making this up. Um, Did you hallucinate a new ride? <laughs> I've been having these like really realistic dreams lately where I'm not sure what is real and what has happened in a dream. Like it's really freaking me out because they're not like nothing weird happens in them. They're just about regular mundane things that could so easily be true. And I'm I'm the really dream, struggling. The, the dream, dream finder, finder has no me. time for you. He has no time for you. He's like, you're not imaginative enough. And then I'm he not. Flies away. I'm not. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> Um, back to, back to Epcot. I think that there's some good stuff in Epcot. I just wish there living were- Living with the land. The pro- okay, okay. Most oh underrated God, no. ride no, in the world you too? is living with the living land. Living with the land can eat it. Living with the land is nothing they compared grow to- Ellen's food. energy adventure it's was gone. the greatest okay, ride. That's gone. I'm not denying It was that better it was than good. living with the land. What I, dinosaurs are in living with the look, land? I'm going to put them at an equal... Oh, oh, I'm on living with the land. Is there an animatronic Ellen DeGeneres? No, oh, there's some oh, scientists oh, growing uh, a pumpkin. Excuse me. I don't I don't need a scientist to grow a pumpkin. I'll buy some seeds. Living with the land, they literally grow all the vegetables that they use in Disney World there, okay? Not all the vegetables for all of Disney World. That would be so many vegetables. It's a ride. I'm sure they grow the ones for that restaurant, the craft whatever kitchen. The restaurant that used to spin but doesn't anymore because because everything in Epcot is broken. Is that the garden one? Yeah. It used to spin in a circle, the whole restaurant. Living with the Land is amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. And if you haven't been on it, you should go on it. It reminds me a lot of like the Willy Wonka boat ride, but not scary. Anyway, why is that not a ride? 
the Willy Wonka ride? It was briefly in England. Uh, there was a, a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory themed ride. It was based on the books, not the movies. Um, you know, and you just got in the boat and you went through the whole Chocolate Factory on a boat. Yeah. But that should be a, a higher budget ride. That's closed now and it was not like, the most incredible really attraction. really traumatizing. That's a really scary scene of that movie. Well, yeah, but there should be some Willy Wonka theme park attraction. It's crazy that there's not, right? Like that's Yeah, like... but I also feel like it's probably encroaching a little bit on like Hershey's like territory. You can have more than one Chocolate Factory themed ride. How many rides are about going into space? Fair enough. Anyway. anyway. Um, the Dreamfinder. The Dreamfinder. He's a delightful man. He was one of the few walk-around characters at Epcot. And when he would walk around, he would have a little puppet with him. And this puppet, Molly, is a good little boy named Figment. And Figment is a little purple dragon. And either he wears a sweater with his name on it or he doesn't, much like Winnie the Pooh. And he's just he's just a cute little guy, Molly. He's just a cute little puppet friend. And so if you ride the ride, Journey into Imagination, you will at some point meet the Dreamfinder. You go into this big room. It was a big beautiful room uh, uh it looks like you're floating through the sky and there in the middle of the room is the Dreamfinder on this incredible elaborate steampunk machine it's it's the it's the vehicle that he rides through this, this is dreamscape an with animatronic or a screen it's an animatronic okay. it's all animatronics there's some screens at the end with puppets on them but it's it's like mostly animatronics this ride so as you go through the ride, you see the Dreamfinder. He's he's on this big steampunk thing. It looks like a big, crazy bicycle flying machine. And he introduces you to the figment of his imagination, who is this little purple dragon who is figment. And so the way this worked was there were several versions of this room with this elaborate steampunk machine and the animatronic. And they were, there were these rooms, and they were always performing these animatronics your vehicle would enter the room and sort of spin around so that way they could do like three at a time basically mm -hmm. it, it's it's a it's engineering molly it's imaginary anyway so you'd travel through the ride you would see the Dreamfinder and figment in different costumes as they talked about the different parts of your imagination there was a room that was full of smoke and the Dreamfinder looks like a wizard and he's telling you all about about dreams and the fantastic and you know there's there's figment and he's, he's landing on the moon he's a cowboy he's underwater all these fun little extra versions of figment and the point is it was just a charming disney dark ride that wasn't based on a movie or anything it was just a fun dark ride mm -hmm. and the experience would run for let's say 10 minutes from you you know sort of waiting to get on going through the ride and everything so it, it was this uh elaborate beautiful dark ride there was an original song in it which we played over one of the, the end of one of our episodes the one little spark song by the sherman brothers a classic so molly this is a beloved dark ride. Right. Everybody loves it. Everybody wants to be on this ride. Everybody because thinks it's Because we great. like imagination and we, dreams. We love dreams. Okay. We here at the Pants Are Too Tight, we stand dreams. We stand dreams. dreams. We stand yeah. dreams, baby. We love, the, we love the imagination. We love so, when our little brains do this. So Then what happens? Well, Molly, what happened was it was open for years and years and everybody loved it. And it was the most popular girl in school. But then what happened, Molly, was uh, was the contract with Kodak, uh -huh. Kings of the World, Molly. Well, things were not going so great for Kodak anymore. Really? Things oh. go bad for Kodak? I, not as bad My as they – not nearly as bad as they would eventually get for Kodak. But mm -hmm. what happened was the contract with Kodak in, in like a simplified version of it that a person like me can understand. Uh, the simple version is Kodak was sponsoring the pavilion for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm. And they were obligated to pay for refurbishments to the ride to keep it nice and pretty. 
Kodak did not want to pay the money to refurbish the entire ride because it was this big, elaborate, beautiful dark ride with, you know, dozens of, of robotic animatronic figures and, and... a lot of upkeep. Yeah, lots of fun smoke effects and beautiful paintings and yada yada. So, what Kodak basically said was, we will give you money to refurbish the attraction, but you need to more or less cut it in half. Not 10-minute ride, not big long track. You get a five-minute ride. We will give you enough money to do that. And the Imagineers were like, we can't take this. This is a horrible, stupid, dumb, dumb deal where we're going to cut our ride in half. But the people in charge of Disney at the time were – you know, they were looking at Epcot, which, as you mentioned, was not super financially viable. Mm -hmm. And they were in a rough spot. This was around the time of the whole Euro Disneyland thing. Disney was basically on the decline at this point. And so they ba basically the decision was we will take the money because otherwise we are going to have to pay to do this ourselves. And it's better to cut down the ride without paying it ourselves. It's better to just accept what they're going to give us rather than try to do something that we can't afford to. Well, this can't go well for them. Molly, it doesn't go well. There is a decision made that that haunts uh, many around Imagineers. Around what time to this is day. this? This is the 90s. Molly. Okay. This is the go-go 90s. So, um, Tony Baxter, mm -hmm. who we've mentioned several times on the show, despite this not being a podcast about theme parks, we do talk a lot about Tony Baxter. Well, that's also just because we really like theme parks. We are big theme. I'm staring at one of those little candles that smells like uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean water. I have it right here. It's probably not a safe place to keep it, but as soon as this podcast is over, I'm sparking up that candle. I'm smelling that bromine. I'm, I'm, I'm chilling out, Molly. Go for it. I'm going into a bromine high where I just sort of I sort of smell some artificial some some candle that smells like bromine and I go ooh that's stuff ooh that's good bromine uh, and I just kind of I don't like that voice ooh that's yeah, a bad that, voice. that one gets me you don't like that I don't uh, Aww, I think that's it's a shame. under my uh, skin it it festers and no boils no 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 it, it manifests it's, it's, so it's the nineties and you produce a, uh, it's the nineties oh please stop uh, please. So in the 90s, um, so, they come to this decision that haunts the, Imagineers yes. forever. So so Tony Baxter was the, the, the driving force behind the original version of Journey into Imagination. Um, he's a big he's a big Jules Verne fan. He loves his weird steampunk stuff. He's the reason that uh, Euro Disneyland, now Disneyland Paris, he's the reason that uh, most of that park looks like weird steampunk stuff because he loves Jules Verne. He tried to mm. put an area where Star Wars Land is now in the California Disneyland. He wanted to put in an area uh, that was themed to the works of Jules Verne. He wanted to put in this... Uh, uh, Regular Doc Brown over a real, here. A real Doc real Brown. Brown. I wonder if Tony Baxter had two children and named them Jules and Vern. Possibly. Yeah. At any rate, um, Tony Baxter uh, has long talked about this as a great source of shame for him. He came up with Figment. He named Figment after uh, a joke in an episode of, uh, I believe it's Magnum P.I. Uh, there's a scene where Magnum P.I. Is, is, I don't know if his name is actually Magnum P.I. I mean, his name is Magnum. Uh, he was a private investigator. Anyway, so he's talking to this fancy uh, butler man, and he's trying to explain something about, about a, like a goat eating grass or whatever, Molly. I've never watched Magnum P.I. I just know this because it's vaguely related to Epcot. 
And so uh, he he is talking about, you know, I suppose the, the creature out there eating my lawn is just a figment of my imagination. And having and working on a ride about imagination, Tony Baxter was like, oh, figment of my imagination. That's kind of cute. So he came up with this little purple dragon character. He loves figment. He loves the dream finder. He created this ride. It's in his weird steampunk aesthetic. Tony Baxter loves it, Molly. Right. And is heartbroken, Molly, about what happened to his beautiful creation. Because, Molly, what they decided to do, they're like, well, we got to cut this ride in half. We can't really have a bunch of animatronics anymore. Those are expensive. We can't really have a whole bunch of fun imagination stuff. So what they did, Molly, was they got Eric Idle, beloved comedian, member of Monty Python. He had previously appeared in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids attraction, which was called Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was like a 3D, one of those 4D movies. They spritz water at you. There's a 3D lion. It's based on the movies Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but it features this character named Dr. Nigel Channing, who's not in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. Could they not get Rick Moranis? No, Rick Moranis is in the ride. He's there. He's in the show. He just, he's just there to receive an award from Eric Idle, Dr. Nigel Channing, who is the president of the Imagination Institute. Oh. Yeah. So he runs the Imagination <laughs> Institute, Molly. And so um, he's bringing out Rick Moranis's character to show off his incredible technology and give him an award for being the inventor of the year. And so Nigel Channing is a made-up character for the Disney parks. And so they bring in Eric Idle and have him reprise his role as uh, Dr. Nigel Channing, the head of the Imagination Institute, Molly. And so now the, the premise of Journey into Imagination, it is, it is retitled, Molly, Journey into Your Imagination. And so what happens now is you and your friends, instead of meeting a whimsical old man and hearing a beautiful song and, and, and going through a fun little trip through the imagination, you know, like a fun little kitty ride at a Disney park with mm-hmm. some art behind it. What happens is you get in your ride vehicle and Eric Idle's character scans your brain to see how imaginative you are. And he goes, uh-oh, looks like there's not a lot going on upstairs because you're all stupid dum-dums who aren't good at imagining. Well, that's probably right, but go on. So to prove to you the power of imagination, he shows you an upside-down toilet that drips into itself. What? <laughs> you go through the ride, and the ride is no longer a journey through imagination. It's just showing you some weird magic tricks now. There's like a butterfly, there's like a cage, right? And the cage looks empty, but then as you pass the cage, a butterfly magically appears in the cage because there's like a mirror down the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at nothing that is being reflected in the mirror. And then as you go past, the mirror is reflecting the butterfly. So it looks like there's two halves of the butterfly in the cage. That It's like a magic trick. Right. You just go through a series of magic tricks. There's a toilet that is on the ceiling and it like rings appear in the water as if something is dripping into it. And you hear a bloop, bloop, even though it's up on the ceiling. Whoa, it's crazy. There's, there's, you know, that is the level of illusion you're seeing. There's like big heavy things that don't weigh a lot of weight. Like there's a refrigerator and it's whoa. Just weird little magic tricks. Okay. Is the ride. And then at the very end of the ride, for half a second... You hear the voice of Figment go like, good job, imagining shit. It's all screens and weird little illusions. In the original version, the presence of screens was there's an animatronic of Figment and he's standing there talking to you. He's in his little tracksuit, Molly. And right. behind him on the screens are are videos of Figment as a puppet. 
like uh-huh. a little puppet figment, and he's doing crazy imagination stuff. So there's a figment who's flying through the sky like a superhero. There's a figment who's, uh, 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 I don't know, conducting an orchestra, whatever. There's all these different figments up on the wall. That is the presence of video in the original attraction. Okay. The presence of video in this attraction is all the Eric idols that are calling you like, you're a dumb dumb who can't imagine right. I'm good at imagining. Like, that's that's, that's the it. level of, yeah. And then so we just hear Figment's voice? Do we not see him I believe there is like a brief appearance of Figment on a screen somewhere. Okay. But there is no Figment present. It's not like there's animatronics of Figment. It's not like there's the puppets of Figment. He's not really in the ride, Molly, which is outrageous because as Tony Baxter pointed out in an interview with a podcast, The Ride, as he pointed out, uh, it is remarkable that if you just Google the word Figment and then click images – the first few, like, pages of results are just the little purple dragon. Interesting. And that is a word in the English language that has existed for hundreds of years, Molly. The word figment is not a new thing. But Disney has monopolized that word. That is valuable mental real estate. Could you imagine completely owning a word that has yeah. existed for forever? There's a lot of love for figment. Mm-hmm. So is this the final version of no, the no, ride? No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I was pretty sure it wasn't, but I, I thought I. You were asked. setting me up. I get it. But yeah, you're right. There's tons of Figment merchandise. He's beloved, Molly. He's beloved, and I. So I had never really heard of Figment or Journey into Imagination until 2016 when we went to Disney, and we went with um, some friends, and the friends were really into Figment, and they like made this big deal about wanting to ride the Figment ride, and like they were talking about Figment, yeah. and I'm like, I don't have the slightest idea of what this is. Yeah. You know, they'd only been to Epcot once before that. And um, when I worked at Disney, I saw a lot of, lot of love for Figment. And I, I still am a little puzzled by it because I've never, you know, I haven't, I don't have this nostalgia attachment to Figment. Right. But you still know who Figment is. Well, now, but I didn't for a long time. And yeah. I'm not sure I would have. If I hadn't worked there, because despite there being this dragon everywhere, like, I probably would be like, oh, this is from, like, The Black Cauldron, or for some reason, like, there's a lot of merchandise for this or something, like... Boy, people really love that movie, The Black Cauldron. There's <laughs> so much Black Cauldron merch. There's gotta be a big I was like, this is weird. Like, why Why is this dragon I here? love the notion that there would ever be any Black Cauldron merchandise <laughs> that anyone would buy, let alone... Oh, but there's gonna be this figment merchandise. Well, because figment, A, used to be in a good ride, and B, is a cute little dragon. He is cute. He's a lot more the marketable than... The dragon from Black Cauldron is not cute. I don't think there's a dragon in Black Cauldron. Isn't there? No, the bad guy is a... Is a he has oh, horns. Oh, am I thinking of Pete's dragon? You are thinking of Pete's I'm dragon. I'm thinking of He's Pete's dragon. He's the big dragon. dragon with pink hair, yeah. I think that um, something I used to watch had a preview that combined those two movies. Like, it was like, they put them together. It must have been some collection. I don't know what it was. But. That would be a very interesting Disney like VHS advertisement. Like now available to own on home video, the horrifying magic of the Black Cauldron, death and despair, an army of the dead brought back to life, and Pete's dragon. The <laughs> it fun might have, story it of a might boy. have been a, like just a YouTube video, even like I don't know. Who you knows? Were, you were six, and like first year of YouTube's existence, all you would watch was just like over and over again <laughs> advertisements for the Black Cauldron and Pete's dragon. I did really enjoy the Disney home video commercials. I, I really, do. I really liked those. Yeah. 
They I make mean, everything seem magical. I liked the presentations that would be at the end of the VHS. Like you'd get through the movie and then like Jeffrey Katzenberg would walk out and be like, our next movie is called Pocahontas. It I is the next in the line. There were like little bonus features. They would always be like, stay tuned after our feature presentation for a uh, special. You blah, know, blah, they blah. would say that, but I don't think I ever stayed tuned through the credits. I do remember from the Little Mermaid VHS, though. I think it was before the movie, though. You see Jodie Benson and this like toy fish in a fishbowl that she's like talking to. Or like it, it could be animated. But the fish re- reminded me of. Yeah. Like Elmo's fish, you know, Dorothy. Dorothy? Yeah. It reminded me of that a little bit. And she was like talking to him. And I don't know. I remember not knowing until like after I'd seen the movie a few times that that was the voice of Ariel. Like it didn't really all click to mm-hmm. me till later. And that's really the only one of those type of things I. Yeah, recall. you would watch the VHS. I remember this when you were little. You would scream, Why is the voice of Tour Guide Barbie here? And I was like, Molly, why do you know that? Okay. But you don't know. I would not do that. And I need the audience to know. No one would. Uh, no one is going to think you would on site recognize the voice of Tour Guide Barbie. No, they'd know that was you. Yeah, that would be me, wouldn't it? We were watching a Kids WB promo right before we recorded this. Like, I just put one on the TV, and immediately I could tell that Maurice LaMarche was recording a Pokemon commercial. I was like, oh, that's Maurice LaMarche, and and you just didn't even acknowledge I it. Acknowledge You're so it. tired of me doing this. It's the so amount of times I hear his name is a little ridiculous. Well, you'd be surprised. He's, he comes up a lot. He's, he's prolific. He, he comes works. up a lot. Okay, so then what happens next to Figment? Nobody likes this ride where it's just Eric Idle screaming at you about how you can't imagine good. Nobody wanted this, Molly. Mm-hmm. So the Imagineers are, are, are told that this is not popular. Mm-hmm. And so they're all like, okay, you know what? Maybe we destroyed half of the ride and there's no way to put the track back in that place because we literally put up new walls and and basically destroyed that area of the building and sure we walled off the the second floor of the imagination pavilion and we got rid of the interactive play area and we may have basically gutted every part of this building that is not being used for the eric idle ride but you know what we could still do something good here so what they decided to do was they decided we're going to put Figment back in the ride. We got to let everyone know that this little purple dragon that they all love is back in the ride. So the ride is now called Journey into Imagination with Figment. Okay. That is the current version of the ride. To this day. To this day. And um, this changed when? This changed late 90s, early okay. 2000s. Okay. This change was made. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to find the year. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop talking like a fucking like a fucking fool, Molly, and I'm just I'm just going to let you know. Please talk for 2 okay, seconds. Okay, I'll talk for 2 seconds. I will say that just a side note, if you want to have an imagination pavilion and you have a group of people known as imagineers, why would you not have like an imagineering exhibit? Like that just seems pretty obvious to me and that's a wasted opportunity that like imagineering is so fascinating to me and we stopped showing what imagineering was doing because we don't have like the wonderful world of disney tv show where they're just showing us what's happening in disney anymore they could have had an imagineering exhibit in the imagination pavilion and just a huge missed opportunity i've never thought about that that's actually a really good idea thank you and yeah. this is why i should be an imagineer but just an idea man i know nothing mechanical yeah so you would just be an imaginer yeah and not an ear um, well, the original Imagineers were just fucking animators, so if they could do that... Yeah, but they would figure stuff out sometimes. I can figure some things out, just like, I can't build it. Like, I don't know physics. <laughs> I don't know physics. Me neither. Um, um, so what'd you find out? Oh, oh, so 2002 is when the current version of Figment, uh, Journey into Imagination with Figment opened. Okay. The previous version was from, I believe, 98 until 2001. Okay. So, uh, not long. Okay. And the original version ran from, uh, the 80s until 1998. Right. 
So. So, this current version of the ride goes a little something like this. Eric Idle is still there. Not sure why. Eric Idle is still there, but now Eric Idle has a pesky little friend named Figman who won't leave him alone. Because for some reason, the man who's in charge of the Imagination Institute really hates the symbol of imagination. Only because he's just a Figment. He's he's not he's not real imagination. Yeah, he's just a fig, he's just a figment. He's just a figment. So now the premise of the ride is figment and Doctor Nigel Channing, <laughs> best friends forever. They're gonna show you how the five senses can spark your imagination. So you know, uh, uh, smell mm. and touch and taste and never That's mind. That's at least creative. Okay, I'll take that. It's a random pick, though, isn't it? Like, the original version was just about dreaming and imagination. And now it's like, it's about how smelling is good. Like, okay. Yeah, I feel like this is trying to go back to that, like, educational component that Epcot was supposed to have. Yeah, but, like... But doesn't? But, like, third grade education? Like, who who are we teaching about the five senses? Also, there's more than five senses. Yeah, but it's not widely accepted by the world. I don't know why people refuse to accept that there's more than five senses. Uh, I can see dead people. No. I can't talk about it. You have a sense of acceleration, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's other physical senses I literally you have. I can't talk about the senses it really just it it's it's not a pants are too tight type of thing for me it's, it's an just actual... one of those that just like stops my brain well you know what's annoying is that in math class they would always not math class I guess it was science it was some point in like early education they would make us do these things of like how can you tell if you're moving unless you have a reference point like they would always talk about reference points this was some weird thing that we talked about for forever in like early education and they were always like, if you're driving and you don't see a tree or the street moving, how do you know if you're moving? And I would always be like, you can you can feel if you're moving. Like, if you stop, like, you jerk forward. Like, you can feel that you're moving. Well, when like, you're in you're an a- elevator, you feel that you're going up and down. But if you're in an airplane, you don't feel like you're moving? I guess not. I guess maybe they were right about reference points. I gotta. I have to tell you a real pants are too tight thing mm-hmm. that you know – I feel. This probably gets under my skin more than anything else that you do. Oh. And it's that you put the word class (laughs) after your subjects. Like, I would just say, like, in math, we used to learn this. Or in English, we used to do this. And Danny always puts class. He would say, in gym class, in English class, in math class, in science class. And it just, like, it it doesn't, I don't know, like, it shouldn't bother me to the degree that it does, but, like, you, we understand that you're in class. Like, I just feel like you, that's such an old-timey thing to old me. Old-timey? They're classes. But you don't – people don't say gym class. They just say in gym. I feel like – In people, math. I've heard people say science class. No. It sounds so wrong coming out of your mouth. I can't describe it. It's like nails on a chalkboard So much me. hate from you. It is. It just makes me want to reach across the table and, like, pull your hair out. Molly, I have so much hair. That you would take so forever. All right. Look. All right. Journey into so it's about the five senses. Journey into imagination with figment. It's about the five senses. So you're going through the ride, and they're like, "Oh, figment's a skunk, and skunks smell bad. So now you got to smell something bad, and that'll make you imagine." Blink, 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 blink. Look at all these crazy colors. Aren't you imagining now? You could, Molly. No. (laughs) So. You're going through this this stupid ride. Mm. It's still the short version of the ride. It has a lot of the same illusions in it. The toilet dripping upside down and everything. Except now there's just these little dolls of figment all throughout the ride. So, like, while the toilet is dripping, figment is sitting next to it with, like, a bowl of popcorn. Like, 
look at that toilet drip. Like, he's not saying that. But you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that is the level of putting Figment in. Some of them appear to just be static figures. Some of them are moving a little bit in, like, as animatronics. Yeah. I thought you told me this closed. No. Or that it was being – is it scheduled to close? Not yet, no. There's, I, there's always rumors of it happening, uh, but not yet. It. No, no, not at all. I thought that it was like ready to go. I'm ready for it to go. Maybe that's what I'm I have a lot of aggressive feelings about this Disney ride that makes a lot of people happy. Didn't they close something else over there, though? Isn't there, like, nothing else over there besides that? In the Imagination Pavilion? Yeah. I mean, they closed the the, uh, the the whole area upstairs where you would go through, like, the Rainbow Tunnel and, and all of that stuff, the whole play area upstairs. Wasn't there anything else in the Imagination Pavilion? Um, it was a pavilion. There's a big glass pyramid. There's some bathrooms. It, it was mo- it was mostly the the ride and then the the imagination like area where you would play. I th- it sounds like you need an imaginary exhibit. So now is it called an imagination pavilion or is it part of something else? Still? I think it's still in the imagination pavilion. So what the hell else is there? Just this ride that isn't really a ride. This ride and then there's a, a DVC area, the Disney Vacation Club. I know where that is. Is that the photo? There's also the Visa. There's like a lounge area upstairs that you can only get in if you're in the. Like is that club. where the character spot is? I don't know. There's probably a meet and greet outside of it. I don't go to this area. Like, I've been to Epcot since, and, like, I just – I can't remember I ever going here. I can't like, picture where it is. Is it – it's not near with Living with the Land? Molly, when I tell you that I don't remember <laughs> where it is in the park, I truly – Epcot is – okay. This is the other problem with Epcot is that they were like, we're going to build a lot of shit here. We're going to put a lot of rides in this great theme park. But then they got distracted and they were like, let's build a whole movie theme park and let's build a whole animal theme park. So Epcot has these vast empty spaces. And my brain, even though I've been to Epcot several times, my brain just can't get the lay of the land the way that I can in Hollywood Studios or uh, even in Animal Kingdom, which at times is a little labyrinthian. That's probably not a word. Labyrinth? How do you how do you say it's like a labyrinth? I guess I could have just said that. It's maze-like, Molly. So even though Animal Kingdom can get a little difficult to navigate, I find it impossible to like keep my brain focused on where I am in Epcot. Molly and I once wandered around in Epcot for like an hour just trying to find the Nemo ride. We were so determined to find Nemo, and we just could not. We, we were delirious. Not, but no, we we did eventually. We find were it. in the hot Florida sun. It was a whole. It was a nightmare. It was a night. I'll say it, Molly. It was a nightmare. I'm looking at a map. It appears to be that the Imagination Pavilion is really close to Canada. But it's, but it's in Future World, not the World Showcase. But Canada's like the edge of that before you start going around. The yeah. mountains of Canada seem to lead into the Imagination Pavilion. Molly, do I have to go on a hike through the mountains like I'm the goddamn Von Trapps escaping the Nazis just to find this stupid purple dragon and his upside down toilet? You you might. Honestly, hmm. you might. At any rate, Molly, let me finish talking about the ride. Go maybe. ahead. So you go through the ride and you're you're seeing how this is all sparking your imagination. And now the way the ride ends is they sing the song, Molly. One little spark. Mm-hmm. You know, and – um. It's I, I don't want to say that it's an infinitely worse like cover of the song, but it hurts my ears to listen to this version. I like the original version of One Little Spark. It's a cute little Disney song. The new version of it just like grates on my ears. They changed the voice of Figment, Molly, because in 2001, 
uh, I believe in 2001, uh, the actor who played Figment died. His name was Billy Barty. Mm-hmm. He passed away, and they replaced him with Dave Goles, who is the voice of uh, Gonzo and uh, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew on The Muppets. Right. He's not just the voice. He performs them, but he's doing a voice for Figment. So they replaced him with Dave Goles, which should be fine, right? Like, he's a fine actor. Nobody cares. Nobody's like, oh, these Muppets are the worst. Everybody loves the Muppets, Molly. I don't think anyone actively hates Muppets. We know uh-huh. one person who's scared of puppets, but even... Even she likes Kermit. Anyway. But Molly, so now Figment, but they like pitch up his voice. He has like the high pitch filter on his voice. Mm-hmm. So Figment talks like this. It's so annoying. I hate new Figment voice. Old Figment voice is just a guy with a high pitched voice talking. New Figment, new Figment's like this. We're going to be best friends. It sounds like Gonzo did some helium and is about well, to Well, I think that you. works really well for our evil figment. For idea. our evil figment movie, we're going to get Dave Goals. He's going to do great. I I don't I have mixed feelings about this cuz on the one hand, I like a part of me is happy that Figment survived at all because yeah. I don't really feel like much from the early Epcot era is round still. I think we have living with the land. <laughs> Okay, living with the land is great. I'm not gonna no, compromise I'm just, on this. No, I'm, that was no, all like, I could think like of. Like body there. wars, I can't even talk about. You can't even talk about the boy. I can't even talk. You about You don't the want boy. to think about Buzzy right now, Molly. Oh, she's at. You look like you're actually about to cry thinking about Buzzy. It's you called okay? acting, Danny. Uh, okay. Oh, so now you're cold to Buzzy. No, I. I, I, am, ta- I can't even. I'll talk tell about the other Buzzy. members of the movement that your devotion. is I, not so I can't even talk about Buzzy. You know, it really, it really does hurt me. Um, but yeah, like Figment. Is kind of the one thing still around, but at the same time, I just personally don't understand it. And I'm looking at the map now. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Imagination Pavilion, and quite literally, the only thing about Imagination is Journey into Imagination with Figment. Yeah. That's it. But underneath it, the same things in this Imagination area are the Disney and Pixar Short Film, film Festival. Yeah. I that used to be Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. That theater. That theater. Okay. That was what was there. That's why Dr. Nigel Channing is in the Got Imagination. It. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see what that has to do with Imagination. And then I was right. There's the character meet and greets. So you can meet Mickey Mouse. You can meet uh, Ralph and Vanellope. And then Joy. And, well, what was Joy and Sadness from Inside Out? This map is saying just Joy. Oh. Um. Did they That's what was over there. I, I don't know. This is supposedly a 2020 map of it. Sadness checked into a, a clinic just because they wanted to watch her. She's really been upset lately and they, they want to see if maybe, you know, there's something they can do to help her. But it's okay to be sad, Danny. Yes, but not 100% of the time. Yeah. If you're sad 100% of the time, you should seek help. Unless it's like your job to be sad, yeah. which like, it's kind of hers. But like so. Joy gets upset at points in that movie. So Joy, the emotions. Joy has to learn to be sad. The emotions but can, can get sadness like give us like a little smile at the end or something. I feel like she at some point gives like a little smile. But like mm-hmm. the emotions in the people's heads. In the movie Inside Out, those emotions feel other emotions. Because Joy gets upset when she's like in the the like pile of lost memories and Bing Bong. That's and, like a real identity crisis for her. She's really upset. So does she have little people in her head, or does she actually have feelings? I that's way too. I think you just broke my brain. I can't what think about that. About? Like that's gonna free. What? No, just like because if she can be upset, then she has emotions. And in so this do universe, each little emotion. Oh my god. Uh, well, dogs only have like certain emotions because they cut to the inside of the dog's head. At the end, and it's like, it has less emotion. But the emotions, oh no. It's like just a bunch of little dogs in his head. So then do the emotions have emotions in their head? But do they have all of them, or are they other ones, or? 
But then do those emotions have emotions inside their head? And then do those emotions have other emotions in their head? And where does it stop? And and what's what's It stops at the Imagination Pavilion, right next to the Disney and Pixar Short Film Festival. Which used to be Captain EO. Oh, but why are you having a whole pavilion with just one ride? Well, I mean again, it used to have it used to have the honey I shrunk the audience and then it had Captain EO. Okay, why do you still For the have ten that? minutes when we thought, Oh, let's all be nice about Michael Jackson like we were done canceling him, and then he because di- he died, and we were all like, "Oh, it's great to put a Michael Jackson movie back in a Disney park." And then we did it, and then around 2010, they were like, "Ooh, you know what? Let's let's sort of let's move this out of here." And so they they pulled it out eventually, and now it's just short films. It's not even a 4D movie. It's just like watch Gary's Game <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of your theme park day. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's well, it's not a great move. I feel like this is an interesting journey, and it's just... The, uh, well, I'm not done yet. I have one done? last thing to say. Oh, okay, got it. So they sing One Little Spark. Very infamously, there is a gross-looking version of Eric Idle's head in the moon, like okay. in the film to the Earth to the, From the Earth to the Moon. The, like, you know, the old French silent movie, the moon gets a bullet shot in its eye, and it's like, woo, everything is black and white. You do... I don't know this, You've but... never... Wow, you're like the one... For, okay. Whatever. It's a famous Yeah, I'm sure movie. every kid going on this it's ride fa- is well, going to understand that. Well, okay. I didn't make the ride. I'm not the one doing the reference. They are. Yes, I was complaining about that. Eric Idle's head is in the moon, and he's with Figment, and they're singing. And there's a couple figures of Figment throughout the ride, but, you know, there's also weird CGI Figment from the year 2002, so it looks really bad. Anyway, Molly, mm-hmm. once you're at the end of the ride, if you've sort of been, like, paying attention to the whole five senses thing... You might notice you've only gone through three of the senses. Because how are they going to make you taste or touch something? So what they did at the end of the ride, this is the thing that kills me. This is the part that makes me angry. This like is a, the, like the a, tight pants. This is where the pants, Molly, they start gripping around my waist, Molly. Mm-hmm. Just digging into my stomach, leaving one of those weird marks you get if you wear clothes that are too tight. Not that I would know anything about that. I'm very trim and fit. No. Um. So, so at the end of the ride, Molly, there's like a fake set of tracks that lead away from where you're going. So like you get off the mm-hmm. ride and there's like a fake set of tracks that lead to a wall. And on the wall is like a painted door. And the painted door says this way to the taste and touch labs. And it has, like, a drawing of a tongue and a drawing of some hands. Do they say anything to you about it as to why you're I don't, going? I don't recall if there's a dialogue where Eric Idle is just like, and we're done at three. Like, it <laughs> – Molly, when I tell you, when I tell you that nothing is so infuriating to me as that cheap-ass solution, this is a multi-billion dollar company. I am so sick of every Disney ride having the excuse of, well, we just didn't have the budget. Like, I am so sick of that. This company... I don't know who's budgeting these, the Disney parks. Right? They make money hand over fist. They charge you $50 for a fucking waffle. Okay. And you're, 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 you're... No, it's none of it is the employee's fault. They have... No, I think that Disney... Like, they we hear things like that a lot, like... But Disney has so much cost. Like, you know, I get why things are expensive because... 
we can't even begin to comprehend the amount of money that it takes to run these things. Yeah. But I just don't understand how every single project they do goes over budget. Okay. That's the thing. This is, again, multi-billion dollar company. They they you should be able to hire, like, a good budgetary person. Uh, accountant? accountant? Do they I, do budgets? Let's say accountant. Sure. You, you should, should be able to hire, like, the best of the best. Okay. That's the thing. Is that Unless they... you went over budget on that, too. <laughs> Sorry. So we're over budget on the hiring. God damn it, Paul. I'm trying to run a fucking company here, Paul. I'm sorry. I just, you know I don't like math. I'm sorry, Paul. It's what you get for letting all the artists also be the engineers. Nobody <laughs> ever wants to do the math. I'm kidding about that, of course. Uh, no, it just – it seems like every Disney project you hear about, it's like, oh, yeah, we went over budget, so we had to get rid of the animatronic here, and so now it's just a screener. Oh, yeah, we didn't really have the money to build the uh, the facade, so it's just kind of a blank building we painted. Oh, yeah, we didn't really have the money to finish the track here, so the ride just kind of falls off. Like, it's always something with these people. It really is. And then you see shit like Rise of the Resistance or Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway where it's clear that they just like threw everything in the kitchen sink in here and it's like this is great i'm glad that there's a big fancy star wars ride Maybe all the money's going to the kitchen sink sundays at, Ooh, uh... i would kill for some ice cream right now i don't eat ice cream a lot i'm not a big ice cream kid um you know i i mean granted at when i'm at friendlies their ice cream makes a meal molly their ice cream makes a meal yeah but i don't really want to go to friendlies. the meal it's not a meal no friendlies. yeah when you go to fr- listen the ice cream makes the meal for a reason. We are here to take an anti-friendlies stance. Not right? an anti-friendly stance, no. just an anti Brotherly love, man. But Look, just... I love friendlies ice cream. When I tell you I have cried the last three <laughs> times I've been in a friendlies, I am not joking. Can I tell you that I actually, the last three times I've gone to friendlies, someone I've been with has thrown up. I got really, like, violently ill one time when I went to a Friendly's. I had a, like, literally I had a chicken sandwich with, like, honey mustard. Not, like, a crazy, like, like spicy chicken, like, thing that would upset a person. I got, like, legit food poisoning. I, when I tell you I was ready to die, when I tell you that if, he, if the Grim Reaper approached me and said, listen, you can keep experiencing what you're experiencing right now, or I can... I can reap your soul and you can leave this mortal plane. I would have said, fucking take me out, daddy. I would have said, take that pink fucking scythe right through the head like I'm a goddamn field I of wheat. I still love their food, though. Right? That's when, so I think, when I was a child, Friendly's was a treat. And I think that it was. I think, well, Friendly's ended up going bankrupt, too, right? They had yeah, child, they and thought, then they threw they, in Eric Idle, and it didn't really yeah, make didn't a lot really of help. sense. No, but Friendly's peak was when they when they started with the songs. Oh, but yeah. that was the best. Where the, ice cream makes the meal. I, I want to go to Friendly's. Yeah, yeah. Mini mozzarella and dipping chicken, too. Cheeseburger sliders or soda. That is blue. Sundays you decide they're in the meal for you where ice, ice cream, cream makes, makes the meal. meal. <laughs> I want to go to Friendly's. I really enjoyed watching you do that. It's Usually... So- Usually I sing a lot on this podcast. It's so ingrained into my head, that commercial. But there was different versions. That was just the one for the mini mozzarella sticks and the dipping chicken. Like, when they had the other items, I, I can't. Uh, that's that's probably another Descent into Madness is Friendly's commercials. Um, but yeah, I, I really like them and I like their ice cream. But something happened where after I was in middle school, Friendly's just took a really deep dive. Maybe you just okay. Hear me out. What if that's around the time we developed like taste buds and the ability to like tell what good food but is? But it was also around the time they went bankrupt, so I'm not sure. 
I would like to – part of me would like to be naive and believe that my childhood memories of Friendlies are positive for a good reason. Like it was fun. Yeah. But then there's like the the adult in me that's like, no, that was never good. You just wanted to go to Friendlies. I don't think so. I think Friendlies probably was good. Chuck E. Cheese, I'm going to say, was yeah, that. that's got to be. that's definitely – it was never Although, okay. here in the quarantine, I've really been thinking about doing the thing of ordering the, the Chuck E. Cheese no. pizza. I've really been thinking about it because how first of all how bad could it be it's pizza second of all you don't remember like i do i you're right i have very few chuck e cheese memories none of them i positive. actually just found a photo of you from um they have like those rides at chuck e cheese where we yeah. like take a picture of you on the ride on this like really flimsy paper and yeah. i just found one of you Aww. um from a long time ago i remember two things about you i remember crying it's such a wrinkled picture i'm sorry <laughs> that's all those who got so wrinkled well Go i was on. a stressed child i had a lot of wrinkles at a young age um no but i remember like i remember having the experience of being terrified of chucky the classic yeah crying at the mascot being terrified oh not being able to find mom and then like that oh, that ooh. mouse walking up to you that rat i remember i remember uh being at another kid's birthday party and the only thing that there was to do because i you know me, Molly. I don't get along well with people. Mm-hmm. I like my purple dragons and my imaginary Batman and my WB promos. I'm not yeah, sad. Your ice cream for friendly. I don't get along well with people. And as a child, I didn't get along well with people. I, 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 I was a, I was a little boy. And so uh, I was at this kid's birthday party and just kind of sitting around and like I didn't want to go in the play area anymore. So I remember just sitting at like the table watching what they had on the TV. But what they had on the TV was the 2003 Ninja Turtles cartoon, which was like the the dark angsty Ninja Turtles. Uh, and watching it and being like, yeah, I, I don't ever watch Ninja Turtles. I usually tune into Kids WB by the time the Batman comes on. So if, if this if this could magically turn into Batman or Spectacular Spider-Man, that would be sick. But like, no. <laughs> I don't think Spectacular Spider-Man would have been on. I, was I have a really like tragic romantic story from Chuck E. Cheese. So when I, I had this like preschool crush who actually like – proposed to me Chucky, um draw me like one of your french rats ooh, ooh, ooh. that is that's not it was not a romantic encounter with chucky himself Love there was this kid that i had this crush on and i went to preschool with him but then i graduated from preschool and i don't know we went our separate ways i never heard from this Ships kid again the but there was two birthday parties at chucky e. cheese and i think i'd been invited to both but I could only go to one, so I picked to go to the one. Ooh. But then, like, while I was at the one, I later found out that that kid that I had the crush on was going to the other birthday oh. party. But it had been, like, two years since I had seen him, and I was, like, freaking out. And I was like, oh, my God, like, am I going to see him again? I've literally – I haven't stopped thinking about him since preschool. Molly. Just I don't end it up to – I don't Molly. know what ended up. And somebody said, like, my friend was like, he's here somewhere. And then I had to leave, and I <laughs> never saw him. I love this story more than <laughs> anything you've ever told me. This is the best. Oh, my God. It's like the goddamn Brady Bunch. I love it. I love it. It's so cute. It could have been, you know, six-year-old me was probably, like, really heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> it's so adorable. But I can't remember whose birthday party it was yeah. or who's the other one. But I remember that. I have my one other Chuck E. Cheese memory um, is that I remember being at a Chuck E. Cheese, being slightly too old. We were there because our youngest brother, he was at someone else's uh, 
birthday party and i we, i was just like brought along because like i don't know you maybe did that as kids yeah. yeah like you know like no one's gonna hire a babysitter for the two hours that i'm gonna be at a chuck e cheese might as well take me with you so i'm in the chuck e cheese and i'm a little too old so i'm not talking to any of the kids i'm just kind of sitting there like sipping a soda or something and i had to go to the bathroom and i got up and i went to the chuck e cheese bathroom and i remember taking the breath of like okay it, this is gonna be bad <laughs> I know this is going to be bad. I was – I must have been like 12, maybe even 13. Like I was almost a teenager and I just remember going like, this is a Chuck E. Cheese bathroom. It is a Chuck E. Cheese boys bathroom. It is a Chuck E. Cheese boys bathroom in New Jersey. Okay. And I took the breath and I opened the door and when I tell you, it was the most immaculately clean bathroom. It's the nicest – to this day, it's the nicest public bathroom I've ever been in. The bathrooms oh in the school of business at my college were not this nice. Like the school of business at my college was this beautiful building that some crazy rich person built on a on a rather dilapidated college campus. The art building where I would do my art classes had asbestos work being done in it. <laughs> In modern times, asbestos work being done in it. Meanwhile, the School of Business had a restaurant on the first level. It had a stock ticker going like an active like like the outside of They're the totally CNN building. To piece together where you went to school. It was it was like this beautiful building with like every, there were private study rooms that were soundproof. It was a gorgeous building. That building with its granite tile and its beautiful bathroom. That was garbage. <laughs> that was that was a uh, uh, that was a porta potty compared to this immaculate Chuck E. Cheese boys bathroom, and I was blown away. I was like, "What is this?" I remember leaving that bathroom, having taken care of business. I remember leaving that bathroom, walking back to our parents, and being like, "That is the nicest public bathroom I've ever been in." And they were like, "We're trying to find your brother. He's in the ball pit, but we don't know where." Like. And like just them being like, okay. And I remember like years later telling someone like, you know, the nicest public bathroom <laughs> I've ever been in. Like I've told this story many times. Like I think about that Chuck E. Cheese bathroom a lot. And thank you for for bringing around to Chuck E. Cheese because damn. Yeah. How did they get to the Chuck friendlies e. bathroom was garbage? By oh, the way, I can't, even, I can't even talk about the friendlies bathroom. It was the worst <laughs> constructed bathroom in the world. <laughs> They made the hand dryer behind the door. <laughs> so, like, if someone tried to come into the bathroom while you were drying your hands, oh, it was such a mess. And there was no room for a line. And the locks didn't work on, like, some of the doors. Oh, you know my pet fucking peeve? I, I don't understand Large this. Large gap between School bathrooms, bathrooms oh. where they just don't measure the doors right. Yeah. They, like, they... They get stuck if you try to push them or there's too much of a there's gap. There's too much of a gap or the locks don't line up so you can't actually lock the yeah. door and it's like you had one job or they make the door with like way too much space and you yeah. can clearly see into the stall oh. like who measured these bathrooms what in the sam how like i don't understand in the most recent halloween movie there's a part where michael myers is like stalking a person in a bathroom and he of course he murders them it is a horror film mm -hmm. but i remember that being the most viscerally frightening part of that movie in the in the theater like i remember cringing and shrinking up because the thought of like you're in a bathroom stall and there's that little sliver where you can see the person and the thought of that person murdering you is like a real fear I've had all oh, yeah. my life. I hate public bathrooms except that one at the Chuck E. Cheese. I hate public bathrooms and the thought of getting murdered in one is the most upsetting thing in the world. There was in our middle school a bathroom. The, the final stall, it was very weird. It was like they couldn't attach the stall to the 
the wall because I guess like there was a radiator there or something. Anyway, there was just like a gap where they put a pole for the door to lock to. And then there was just this gap, but like you clearly saw into the stall. It was very strange. And then something happened, like the door wouldn't totally lock right. And then one day the door just got replaced by this piece of plywood. <laughs> It was the most janky thing oh in this God. middle school bathroom. I remember um <laughs> I remember there was there was one door in in I think it was the middle school bathroom. It could have been elementary school. It was a long time ago. And I remember it it being stuck. Like it was it was too <laughs> yeah. wide for the frame. And I remember like pulling with all my might to get this thing open like having this horrible fear of like i'm going to die in here i'm going to die in the toilet and just like doing my absolute best to wrench it open and then like the when you finally got it open like getting it open and then like you like stumbled because you're like oh like you finally pulled it loose and then the other people in the bathroom like watching you stumble out of the stall because you just escaped a death trap (laughs) right they're just in the bathroom like they're peeing or whatever and you're just like yeah i have a friend who got locked in a hotel bathroom in her hotel room and there was no service in the hotel and she couldn't call for help and she was just locked in there for so long. Did your friend um, make it out? She did. Or did you meet but them? But she was not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Some say that part of her never left that That bathroom. No, like, she talks about how she was stuck in this bathroom and, like, really her survival instinct, like, really kicked in. Like, okay. uh, it definitely really traumatized her. Um, yeah. That's, that's her story to tell. That's a lousy way to go. <laughs> yeah, so, um, gosh, I, I guess I got to bring it all back. I don't know how we got on. How did we get on to friendlies? Uh, ice cream? I wanted ice cream. Yeah, At any rate, Molly. Um, figment. <laughs> figment. Oh, the tastes, maybe? Oh, so there's no taste. There's no touch. Conceptually, it's nonsense. I'm just, it upsets me because... Because of my youthful stature, Molly, I've never been on the original. I could never ride the original right. Journey into Imagination. And I d- greatly dislike what is there. I don't want to go on it. I don't want to ride this ride. But I love dark rides. I love the sort of just charming little, we're going to go through some scenes. The Winnie the Pooh ride in the Magic Kingdom, I think, is fantastic. I love things that are yeah, slow and boring good. and for kids. So it's not that I'm opposed to it not being a roller coaster or something. It's not that I want it to be replaced by something thrilling. I just wish it had more charm to it. I wish that it it didn't cheap out and just show you a picture of the other two things. You could if you I get why you couldn't make us touch something. Well, first of all, like you could just I blow feel like air if you blew on air, us. Yeah, yeah. Like that's us touching something. Look, Lie we to figured us. it out right now. Or like we could see figment touching things or like Watch Figment taste something. Or talk about the taste of something. like Just for the taste of it. Like, Diet you know, cook. people tried popcorn and it was bland and that's how we came you up with buttered popcorn. You could smell the food popcorn. and it would still be smelling, but we would understand Stand that means taste. Or say that smell is like whatever the statistic. Or say, kids, take your arm and lick it. You've tasted your arm and now you lick know your you've... arm, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you know what sunscreen tastes like because we're in Florida and it's yeah. hot. But just like, um, I understand. It. But like- why go like, – here's what should have happened. Oh, we could theme it around the five senses. Oh, okay. Um, Because we'll have this for sight and this for sound and this for that. And then when they got to taste and went, huh, we can't really make anyone taste something, they should have said, okay, let's not do the five right. senses. That idea should have not been executed. You should not get 
90% through of designing a ride and then go, oh, yeah, we can't taste stuff. Maybe don't go for the five See, senses if you can't do two of them. Having Joe Rody be the dream finder makes sense because then you are putting imagineering in the this coin term in the yeah. imagination pavilion. So I'm going to propose a new ride okay. where Figment leads us through some type oh. of imagineering Aww. exhibit. That's sweet. I like that. And you can leave your broken track to be like <laughs> for future imaginations or some <laughs> bullshit. Or we could scrap the ride. What if the Dream Finder turns out to be Walt Disney? What if what if you go through the ride and then the Dream Finder at the end turns around and it's the it's the cryogenically frozen head of Walt I, Disney? I'm actually I, – I, I could see that. But yeah. I'm going to actually say save the ride mm-hmm. to repurpose it for after our movie comes out as a horror ride. And oh, yes. um, I'm going to instead say we have a nice little exhibit where someone from Imagineering comes and they kind of do a thing with like Figment on the screen, you know, where they're like interacting with Figment. and Or we could even get like a BBA type of animatronic where they're interacting with Figment, telling us about the latest developments in Imagineering or what it takes to be an Imagineer, like something like that. You know, they have – Like when Mushu would teach you to draw? Yeah. Like because – well, for PhotoPass, I know they would have like junior PhotoPass um, where – We'd, like, find a kid. We'd give him, like, a kid's photo pass jacket. We'd have them take a picture on a camera, you know, yeah. do something like that. Like, Imagineering's, like, a super cool career, but, like, you, nobody knows how to become an Imagineer. Like, sure. it's not just something kids know about. It's not, like, you run into them every day. I feel like it'd be a really cute exhibit. That's a very cute idea. I like that. I just Take think... my ideas, Disney. Hashtag Imagineering exhibit. That's too generic. We gotta be... You gotta... Come on. I'm not Brand a hashtagger. You're... The fact that you called it a hashtagger, the hash slinging, the trash singing, the hash slinging slasher. Molly, I like your idea. Here's my pitch. Uh, burn it all down. Just burn it all down. It makes me sad, the fact that it's the way it is. The fact that half of it is just showing you old Pixar shorts. It's it's ridiculous. Again, this company – the opposite you of can You can do all your, oh, the budget of this place is so expensive. Oh, it must be so expensive to run this place. Sure, but it's not like they're paying their employees a living wage. So, you know – this this company can make what? What did they make at the box office in the last summer? They made a record-breaking amount of money. They made like $11 billion on movies, Molly, on movies alone. You mean to tell me that their theme parks don't pull in enough goddamn cash to, to fix this ride that has been this way since 2002? We are going on 18 years. It's been this way longer than it was ever good. Like, yeah. it is absurd that it just ends with a picture of the last two senses. That's absurd. Just just fix it. I know that that is not their top priority. I know that their top priority is things based on movies or attractions that people ride a lot. But you know what would be great? If there weren't bad rides with weird excuses. The Imagineers, conceivably, would never make a bad ride, right? right? Because if they just had enough money and enough time... Every ride would be good because they know what makes the rides good. It's not like a movie where an artist is trying something new or they're trying an old thing and they do it wrong. It's not like a movie where there's like, oh, this might not go so well. With a ride, it's like if you just give these group of people, these groups of people or this group of people, you just give them the money. They will just make a good one every time because rides don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be insane. Dumbo 
is one of the most famous theme park rides in the world and it just spins in a circle and has Dumbo on it. The the bar is only yeah, high and because they've exactly made it. exactly what it sets out to be, Dumbo. Like, well, you yes. know what I mean? Like, we're it's very aware of what bigger. that is. And I would be okay with small rides like that if that's, like, what you're going for. But, but I also don't need, like, 30 spinning rides in yes, the park. Yes, that's a lot. But – like the, but like, don't promise me the the magic of Figment. Don't promise me a big, beautiful dark ride. Don't promise me one little spark. I am amazed at the merch, though, because you don't get merch for like a lot. That's of That's what makes it so much more egregious. Disney could easily fund a proper refurbishment of the ride on the Figment merch alone. Like that's the thing. Animation on television is uh, too expensive to ever make a profit. Technically, which is why TV shows that don't have merchandise usually get canceled. Like Young Justice was that uh, mm-hmm. superhero cartoon. It was popular. People liked it. It always got good reviews. But the toy line for it didn't sell well. Mm. So Warner Brothers canceled it. Do you- so like the idea that like something that is expensive or doesn't necessarily bring an immediate profit. Like the merchandise is clearly could pay for a better version of the Figment ride. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you think the merchandise will not sell as well if they – do redo the Figment ride because so much of the Figment thing right now is probably like hipstery, like nostalgia. We remember when Figment was great and now it's a piece of garbage type of thing. No, because now people will just like it. People will have a Figment ride that's But will better. they successfully make it better? <clears throat> that's the challenge. The way that they make it better is literally just give them some money and tell them to do it. Like you could literally just tell them to do the first version again with like modern special effects and they would do something fun. Or – like, that's but, the thing is that be imaginative. I'm a little – well, yeah. In some ways, maybe our buddy – I already forgot his name. Tony Baxter? No, no, no. Joe Rody. No, no. Nigel Channing? Yeah. Nigel Channing. <laughs> maybe he's right. Maybe we're not imaginative. And he wasn't talking to us. He was talking to Disney. He was looking in a mirror when yeah. he said that. You're not good enough, um, Nigel. I, uh, there is the part of me that doesn't want to – advocate for fixing the figment ride because i don't i really think we won't be able to make our movie then i don't think our horror movie is ever going to get off the ground officially we're going to have to make it a fan film even if we make it a fan film though i just don't feel like it will go i feel like it's better if it's like this broken down like creepy ride we can set the film during the period where it's closed for refurbishment so someone can wander through the ride as it's mm. dilapidated and they can bump into a scary figment and it's just dangling off the wall with wires and they get spooked and then they're like, oh, okay, it was just a robot. And then they turn the corner and then there's the real figment. And he's like, meh, imagination. He's not going to say wet imagination, but you know, it'll be he like. He might, that. he might. Are you my dream finder? Well, I'm glad that you could share this valuable history I with us. I just miss the dream finder. Where is he? What happened? Find the dream finder. Hashtag find the dream finder. <laughs> we are the dreamers of dreams. We are the makers of music. Um, that's Did like you go a, into Willy Wonka? Okay. Well, at least you knew it was Willy Wonka because I couldn't remember the exact wording of it. But the fact that you that you clocked I that got I was it. Doing but Willy it could Wonka. also be because I was thinking about that boat from earlier. It's kind of just in the front of my lexicon. <laughs> you were going to call me Willy Wonka no matter what I said right there. <laughs> He's going to be like, you know, Molly, appeasement is really part of what led to the Holocaust. And you would have just been like, okay, Willy Wonka. <laughs> Jeez. Um, that was a dark example you went through there. One little spark. 
from me to you. Imagination. Imagine. Well, folks, let us know your thoughts on the Figment ride. Did you know about Figment? Is this What's news the cleanest to you? public bathroom you've ever been in? Yeah, do you have a romantic encounter from Chuck E. Cheese? Do you remember the Friendlies commercials? You know, you could always tweet us a video of you singing the Friendlies commercial, <laughs> and then I won't feel as embarrassed. And feel free to share the other versions that have slipped my mind. That's right. I'm- um. You know, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet us, interact with us. We enjoy it. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review, even if it's to tell us that you hate us. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll we hope that you don't, feedback. but we'll accept it. Um, yeah. You got anything else for the the folks at home? Um, yeah. Check out our our social media. We're very hip kids. Uh, all of that stuff is in the description of this episode. You can just click the – it'll say like see more or whatever. Uh, not just see- search the pants are too tight. You'll find us. I'd like to be clear. It will not say the name Seymour, like suddenly Seymour, like Rick Moranis, like Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, like what's next to the Figment Ride. Right. But please, um, do do message us. Leave us reviews. Tell us all about your favorite – Chuck E. Cheese moments. Tell us about and your, if you like it, your tell your friends. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Put, share this on your Facebook. If your friends, your your Facebook with all your weird Russian robots that are watching you, on your Twitter with all the Nazis that are watching you, on your uh, Instagram with all the influencers, people, people selling you. <laughs> yeah, people selling weighted blankets, <laughs> whatever, whatever's on your Instagram. Um, no, feel free to share this around. Tell us all about theme parks and stuff. We just want to talk to you. We really miss you guys. Yeah. We're, we're so we're lonely. Please, why won't you talk to us? What's your favorite kids WB promo? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> All right. It's well, thank a, you for listening. A, wait, Molly. Too tight. We what? have to decide what song we're going to fade out over. Come on. Give we me. can give him a surprise? No. I need to know for later. Is there a song from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Um, the Chuck E. Cheese theme song. No, the friendly, song, the friendly song. Oh, we're gonna fade out over the friendly song. It was staring us in the face. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>